When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Ali and Shaka. Jan and Frank will be here in a moment as we kick things off in London. Spurs beating Manchester City by one goal to nil. The only goal of the game coming from oh, Harry Kane. Hey! And that's put Spurs now just one point off a top four place, one adrift of Newcastle United. Meanwhile, Manchester City missing out on the opportunity to close the gap on Arsenal at the top of the table. So much to discuss from this game uh, as we welcome in. Frank Leboeuf and Yana Arga-Fjortov. Yana, I want to start with you. You, you were at the game. Uh, great performance by Spurs, I imagine. Uh, they were motivated by the crowd who seemed to be completely involved in this as well. Absolutely. And it was a special day to be there because not only was the atmosphere great, it's a great modern stadium and uh, atmosphere was, it was so loud there, but also for Harry Kane beating the one and only Jimmy Greaves record, 267 goal, scoring his 200th Premier League goal. So, yeah, it was special. Uh, there is something wrong with Manchester City at the moment. There is something wrong. We will probably discuss that more. But in all respect to Tottenham, their counter-attacks, they, they took advantage of Manchester City losing the ball much more than we are used to. But that was also down to uh, Tottenham, who had that great, great intensity in their pressure. So they made them make a mistake. And, well, yeah, Manchester City had a lot of possession. But I, I guess we could say that Tottenham deserved to win that. Manchester City, more or less, yeah, they had, Maritz had a hit the bar like one minute before, before halftime. But that's what more what they did. So I think that Tottenham need all the respect for this win. It it could it can be said that I was deserved. Uh, we'll talk about City in a moment. Let's just focus on Spurs as obviously they won. Frank, we've seen a lot of Tottenham this season. We've seen a lot of Tottenham put in disappointing performances uh, this campaign. This up there, without a doubt, one of their best. They seem hungrier. They seem motivated. They seem energized. You got to think. Well, where's this been? Yeah, definitely, Dan. I think they, they were committed into the game. Uh, they knew what they had to do. I mean, it's kind of the perfect game for them or for Kante philosophy of football with Spurs where you have to defend and maybe you counter-attack. So he knew the plan was there because he had no choice. It's, he has only one choice, is to do that. And, uh, and they did it perfectly. I, I enjoyed the game, the, the way the, the player thought through the game, uh, how they contra-attack, as Jan said. Uh, the gift also that mm. they got from uh, Rodri uh, to, uh, to, uh, to Spurs. Um, but they, they managed to, to work hard. And I never seen Hugo Lloris being so easy all, uh, all game long, you know, against Manchester City. I think he had uh, Mares uh, 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 cross, but otherwise, you know, crossbar. Otherwise, he had nothing much to do. So it was kind of an easy uh, afternoon for Hugo Lloris because defensively they worked very hard together. They were very committed, as I said before, and they did the job. Uh, for me, they deserve to win because of the way they thought through the game, how they managed to to uh, to um, to 
to avoid any uh, mistakes and avoid any uh, way of playing from, uh, from Manchester City. Harry Kane became the top goalscorer in the history of Tottenham Hotspur, mm. only the third player behind Alan Shearer and Wayne Rooney to get 200 goals in the Premier League, doing it all at one club as well. A club that hasn't been particularly successful over mm. the years, a club that will be completely lost without him. He's up there as one of the best Premier League strikers, isn't he? <laughs> well, of course. Uh, if, if, if not because of the numbers... Uh, because of the impact. Harry Kane is Tottenham. When you think of Spurs, you think Harry Kane, and he has come to define this era of Tottenham Spurs. And when you think of, of what he's able to do and how he has changed his game, you would have thought that he was just a goal scorer early on in his career, but he's a guy that now understands the nuance of playing the position, and when he has to drop into underneath positions, when he has to play with his back to goal, he does that. And today, in a game in which it's more about counterattack, he also is effective. What I thought was important for Spurs today is that while, yes, they are set up for the counter, there was a good recognition in moments in which they can go and step and pressure, which is not always the case with Spurs, but today they were willing to go and pressure higher up the field when there was an opportunity to do so, and that's where the goal comes from. More times than not, we see Spurs against Manchester City. They're just sitting in their own half. In this case, yeah, sitting in their own half. But once they start seeing a moment, okay, we're forcing them into an area where we can press, then Hoiver steps up, he wins the ball, finds Kane. And from that moment, this is what Kane has become. And it's not just today. It's just really for the course of his career. When he's in that position... Yeah. You already know. There's a certainty that he's going to finish the chance. That's not always the case with strikers around the world. It is the case with Harry Kane. There's a certainty to his finishing. Once again, today he was perfect. Is this kind of a catalyst for Spurs now? Like, um, does this change anything? All we know, they've got a brilliant record against City. City have never scored against them in the new stadium. They won the last five there, Spurs. It, it can be. It should be. You can make the argument that it, that it will be. But truth be told... City and the way they play, I think, suited Spurs. And you saw that at the Etihad a couple of weeks ago. Spurs were two up at halftime. And I think in Antonio Conte's defense, who's come under some, I've been very, very fairly critical of this season, I think he learns his lessons from, from, from that. In that, when you're playing, playing against City, this version of Manchester City, you can stay high up the park. You can keep them under pressure. It makes absolutely no sense dropping in and sitting deep, as, as you normally do, and, and inviting City to pass the ball around in, in front of back four, because with time, they will eventually find, find a way. So as long as you continue playing against this version of City on the front foot, you give yourself a little bit of a chance. That being said, this version of City, and as, as much as good as this team can be, as much as Haaland brings it to this version of City, I, 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 for me, it just feels... It feels, less than, it feels less worrying than it did three or four years ago. And as this game went on, and again you look at the goal, how they conceded the first goal, and in that first game, City again gifted Spurs yep. the, the opening goal, getting themselves in trouble, passing out to the back. But then their first goal, I think it was, came from Edison passing out to the back, and at the time I said, that's clearly the hill that Guardiola wants to die on. Now, the thing I think that makes City and the way they pass the ball so dangerous is Edison's passing range. Now, forgive me, you know I see things from a goalkeeping perspective. When you press City that high up the park and Edison gets, his ball, gets the ball to his feet, he, more than any goalkeeper I have seen in this game, can pick a pass 60 or 70 yards away. 
You have got Haaland on the park. If, Edison, if this ball is rolled back to Edison and he drills a... Haaland is one-on-one -on -one with the centre-back. Right. If you do that three times, Haaland will score twice. But at no point do I remember Edison using that as an option. At no point does City stretch teams like they once did. You stretch Spurs, now all of a sudden, whether, whether you want to start De Bruyne or you go with Grealish or whoever you want to have in midfield, all of a sudden they have room to operate. But when you don't, when there's no willingness to stretch, and even if you look at, at the overhead of, of that play, Haaland drops in. Haaland drops 10 or 15 yards into the... He's not, he knows the ball isn't coming. And that's a concern for City. That's a concern for City's midfielders. Yeah. That's a concern for trying to pass the ball out the back. But there's a lot of concerns for City. Right, let's start, start, yeah. let, right, let's start at the start with the starting 11, Jan. Okay. What is the motivation not to play Kevin De Bruyne? What is he thinking? Well, there was a lot of talking at the stadium. We tried to find out. We were running around the corridors. And before the game, Guardiola said that was just for tactical reason. OK, this is a tactical reason that you leave the only player out that can find Erling Haaland, who scored more goals. OK, that is interesting. Uh, and when we know that this comes from a week, then it looks like there is a sudden departure of Cancelo who is one of, has been one of the most important players in the way Guardiola uh, wants to play. That is quite interesting. But I, I just want to say something to, to what Shaka is saying there. I think there is a lot of, and you said it well done, there's a lot of concerns. But first of all, in, in the first half, there were three or four runs when Haaland tried to go in behind him and, and the midfielders were on the right direction going forward. But I think that Manchester City got too many touches in midfield. They always say one or two touches too much. That has nothing to do with changing the way Pep Guardiola wants to play. There is nothing to do something that nobody's tell them not to do. That is just bad decision-making. When De Bruyne came on, the first thing he did, he tried to find Erling Haaland. That was more or less the only time they tried to find him in that game. But this is not to make this something of a Haaland problem and Manchester City or a City problem is, is with Haaland. I think that it, there is something in this Manchester City team at the moment, I mean, there is something wrong in the kingdom of Denmark, Shakespeare wrote. There is something wrong in the kingdom of Manchester City at the moment. I'm not 100% sure what it is. There is something holding them back in the team. Yes, they got a lot of possession. Yes, they have a lot of the ball and they're doing, try to do their stuff. <laughs> but it's not good enough at the moment. And yes... It was good for Tottenham to play Manchester City today. That was good for them. It was good for Sean Dyche yesterday as well to play an Arsenal team that they can have a bit go at them. But Manchester City at the moment, there is a lack of intensity. There is a lack of speed. And there is something wrong. And I think it's, it's very, very hard to define that. But they will, they will lose more goals. Uh, they will lose more games if this keeps uh, continuing. I'm going to ask you the same question, Frank, because I still don't quite know the answer as to mm. why you don't play Kevin De Bruyne. Well, we're not in the dressing room, you know, uh, uh, working with uh, Guardiola alongside him, you know, uh, and seeing, you know, maybe De Bruyne or even Gundogan not being at their tops. But I totally agree with you. When I see Silva today, Bernardo Silva, who I think is a very is a fantastic player, but it's not. He's getting a little bit light right now, and Rodri, Rodri being so horrendous today. I mean, mm. never seen Rodri being so on top of the bad pass that he made 
uh, and conceded the goal, it was lost. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't put any impact into the into the midfield. And when you put, what the point of putting four forwards if you're not giving them the ball and the right balls? And who uh, who can allow, uh, because of his technique, to give good passes? Two players, De Bruyne and Gundogan. And you see them warming up, you know, on the touchline for like an hour. And you say, when, Pep, when are you going to put them on? Because they need, they, you need them. And I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe Guadalajara is the only person who can answer that question. Why you didn't put De Bruyne and Gundogan? Yes, they, they're not maybe at their best. But don't tell me that Lewis, because of the fullback coming in the middle of the park when they have the ball can be the playmaker. That's not possible. He's too young, he's not De Bruyne, he's not good to gun, he hasn't got the experience of, of those players, and he cannot serve Alan, Alvarez, Mares, and Grealish. And, and uh, I don't get the tactic. I don't get the tactic of Guadalajara today because it was, for me, all wrong because of those two players missing, for sure. Just... D- Am I just being naive? Mm. You've got a big striker, uh-huh. scores lots of goals. Right. Why don't you just cross the ball in and uh, then he scores? Uh, no, no, Dan, you're not being no. naive. So because why complicate everything? The, well, and, and that, I think, is a question that goes beyond Ederson not playing long mm. balls to Erling Haaland. And in the bigger picture, why do you not utilize perhaps the best out-and-out striker that there is in the world right now, who's Erling Haaland, utilize his skill set? Right? If you have this guy, use him. When he runs in behind, play him the ball. He may not get to one, he may not get to two, but he gets to the third one, it's a goal. When he makes a run inside the 18-yard box, cross him the ball. Again, he may not get to the first one, he may not get to the second one, but the third one is a goal. It's almost as if this team, by design, like they have a shock collar when they're about to cross the ball. It just goes, hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> huh? Somebody has space to whip the ball no. into the box. Huh? It's no. time to whip it in. Time to cross the ball. No, we turn right back around and no. we cut it inside and we go to the left and we go further to the left and we bring it back this way. The only other thing, the other thing that I'll say is this. This team has no width, right? You have a little Maris on the right-hand side, but when you look on the left-hand side, you know exactly what Grealish is going to do. He's going to dribble, 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 and he's going to cut to the inside and then a pass back. When he comes inside and there is that whole channel down the left-hand side, there is nobody that provides you that width down the left. And so everything becomes crowded towards the middle. Rico Lewis is in the middle. Everybody's in the middle. No servicing to Haaland. No goals. Here we go. We we lose one nothing. If I may say, Dan, it, it's quite interesting because, yes, you're a bit naive when you say that it's the only thing that they can score goals is to make crosses for Haaland because that has not been 100% the way they want to do it. But I'm with Al that they have to find his runs, they have to find the space, and they have to find the space earlier. I think I see the problem much bigger at Manchester City at the moment. I, I think they want to cross the ball when they see one. I think they want to play someone if they see someone. But for me, Manchester City at this moment, and I say Manchester City, and where I maybe should have said Pep Guardiola, but now it looks like a team that's got this identity crisis. We are not sure what they absolutely want. And if you see 
that the team selections lately, like it today, it's a good example, will De Bruyne. De Bruyne is not playing. Well, it's for tactical reason. Okay, let's believe Pep Guardiola that is a tactical reason that he is not playing. I see a identity crisis by Manchester City at the moment. And if you compare that with Arsenal, I didn't see an identity crisis against Everton. I just, just saw they lost. They had a bad game. Mm. My Norwegian friend had a bad game. There were a lot of bad performances there. I see Manchester United now. I mean, they were not impressive against Crystal Palace, but they got an identity. We see exactly what they want to do. And what has been the strength of Manchester City is not there now. There is one game they try to do this and another game they try to do that. And then the consequences is lack of ball through to Erling Haaland, lack of crosses and and so on. They never had that left-sided midfielder who uh, 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 Grealish, uh, another type on the left side that would do those crosses. But they found another way. At the moment, they don't. I don't see how they want to play at the moment. The, the, the thing for me, and, and I, I take Jan's point, I, there, there's clearly an identity crisis, as, as, as Jan put it. But the one thing you know is not the solution is leaving on Kevin De Bruyne, <laughs> to, to your point. Well, I've asked that. Well, but, and, 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 and that's my... Because, because Manchester City have some very big games to come. Champions League, etc. And you can guarantee that Kevin De Bruyne will be playing in those. I don't know, Shaq. I, I, I don't know. This is a big game. They've, they had a week off. They got a week well, off and, now and, and, the and, that, and that's, the, that's the amazing thing for me. I think, I, I think without quite question, Kevin De Bruyne is still one of the best midfielders in the league. Manchester City's best midfielder. He plays in the big games. I think this was a big game for a number of reasons. One, because of the Arsenal-Everton result. And if you see Arsenal lose, you going against Spurs, you have an opportunity to close the gap to what will be five points if Arsenal win their game in hand. But all of a sudden, you can close that gap to five points with two games to come against Arsenal. And the one complaint or one concern around this Arsenal team is how can those young players handle that pressure? Can those young players handle two games against Manchester City knowing that if they lose both, all of a sudden they're playing catch-up with Manchester City? So this was, a, this was a, as, as big an opportunity, a single game in City's season in hoping to retain the title as you could hope for and you leave out who I feel is the best midfielder in, in English football. And to your point, Shaq, because of how big game this was, what was really surprising is to see a Manchester City team that had no life, mm. Mm. that had yeah. no soul, yeah. nothing dynamic. Rodri today? Rodri. Well, nothing explosive, nothing happening at speed. Everything so slow and predictable. And if you're Spurs, you must have yeah, felt like least. you're the fastest man alive because you're moving around, you're getting to challenges, you're, mo you're winning 50-50 balls, you're getting to the second ball. And Manchester City is just kind of, all right, let's get from A to B, to see, to the end back around this way, and it's so incredibly slow. It has to be very frustrating to play up top for this team right now. Go on, Frank. Dan, I think I think there is on on Ali is is uh, is, um, is is bringing. Uh, there is something that we can see with Liverpool and Chelsea when top players, because those three teams have top top players, they. Some of them lost the will of or playing football or enjoying football. And we see with Arsenal, it's getting good because you have some freshness, you have young players, you have some other teams like Manchester United coming back from nowhere. So it's why they have maybe the enthusiasm, not they, 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 find, him, they, they find him back. 
But those three clubs, Chelsea, Liverpool and Manchester City, we don't see live, we don't see live, you know, into the, the game that they play. Is it because of the World Cup? Is it because of, I don't know, I don't know, maybe they, they, they're just tired or they just don't want to play. But there is something that you, we have to think about because it's not, or it's completely abnormal to, to see those three teams playing that way, not giving any pace into the game, rhythm, and, 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 and joy. We don't see joy when you see those, those, those teams playing. Uh, just, I, just, quick, I, just quickly, because I, I yeah. want to just take the conversation forward, and it's, it's something that we can still obviously discuss as well in the future. How easy is this to fix, Jan? Because there's only five points behind. They're still in the Champions League, still in the FA Cup, obviously. There's still a lot of silverware to be won for City, but they're not going to win anything playing like this. No, they won't. But I think that that's why I want to say, I, I think we have to look at the history the last couple of three weeks. Remember when they lost against Manchester United, I, I was there, I was interviewing Pep Guardiola. He was the nicest man alive. He said, oh, this is good. And this is this and that. And then, but it was something building up in him. And then suddenly he starts having a go at their players. That is, as a leader, you have to try to do something. I, I, he said, there is only three players, three or four players I can't trust in this team, and so on and so on. Then the next thing is, I think that we're building up a story here. Then suddenly Cancelo, I believe them. Well, we can have a say that Salah Hamidzic has looked at this player for years now. I don't believe that. I think that was... I'm, I was not at the training. I have no idea what if there's something concrete happened. But that Cancelo was at, um, pushed off to, to Bayern from one day to another, more or less, I think that is right. Today, it was De Bruyne on the bench. I think that Pep Guardiola is trying to, to go, get some reaction. If you read between the lines at the press conference uh, this week as well, he said that all the players were up for judgment. We, we will see who we can go for. So a consequence of that is that you have a, a young kid in the team who is playing more and more very, very central. I'm with Frank. I mean, De Bruyne, even a worse De Bruyne, he will be still be better in creating chances. No disrespect to, to young Lewis because he's a fantastic talent. But I think, I think that we should follow the story at Manchester City now. There is something going on. There is something that Pep Guardiola wants to have a response from his players. And to your question, can you fix that? Well, that is just a matter when they understand what he tries to say, if he communicates this right, and he gets that response that he wants. Because you don't have a lot of time. Because as you're saying, they're coming up the game. So, and soon Champions League is around, around the corner as well. Um, they will be happy that they don't play, obviously, in Spurs' new stadium every week. This is ah. an extraordinary record when you take a look at it. Five times they've been wow. there, five times they've lost, five times they've failed to score a goal. Now, I was surprised we were readdressing this, because mm. obviously we discussed this yesterday, Casemiro's red card, Ten Hag coming out and saying, Casemiro protects our players, but also the player who comes to interfere, he holds him back, he doesn't want to hurt him. Mm. So I thought we were kind of done the dust with this subject, yeah? Casemiro lost his head for a moment, had his, obviously his hands uh, around the neck of the player, red card. Mm -hmm. Frank, Frank LeBeuf, you don't think this should have been a red? Uh, no, because I, no. I understand why people are getting upset when I say that, but I look at the, at the after what happened to the players, you know, that he's, he's trying to strangle, it's fine. So he's not pushing him. It's not like he's really strangling him. He's holding him. So I will give yeah. him a yellow card because he pushed Loop. But really for that, 
yeah, if you think it's not a good image for Young, yeah, give him a red card. But I wanted to see if he caused damages to the player that he was strangling. No, because the guy got a, went, went away and he pushed yeah. everybody. He was just holding him. But Frank, you so know, you know, if you want to hide someone, you don't. If you just want to, if you want to protect someone, you could, you could do that on the chest. You don't need to do that motion. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm with Frank. Well, you know, I'm that's absolute... Casimir, Casimir's way of showing his love to our, our opponents. That's <laughs> what he's I'm with Frank too. You think so, Sean? Yeah. I'm I'm Frank Frank Jan, Jan was seeing as much. I, I'm, I'm with Frank. I thought the referee handled this deplorably. Everything about him. Yeah. I, I think yeah. the referee handled. You can't put your hands around someone's neck. I listen. Yes. I, I think the slow motion, the slow motion video, and the photos don't do it justice. Yes. I, I think. I think they, they, everybody is, is, is grabbing at each other. If that is a red card, Schlupp should have seen red. If that is a red card, I you should have also seen red. Yes. <laughs> I'm with, I'm, with, I'm, with, I'm with Frank, I'm with Shaka. I said, yes, I've sure seen red for no, two yellows, by the way. Sorry, I, sorry, yeah. I heard, I heard you discuss that yesterday, and I, I, I heard also that you were anonymous saying that this was a right red card. I think you handled it wrong, that you're using slow motion to take out this. There was nearly that Casemiro needed to go to prison for that. I mean, this is happening. For me, the referee, there is two things he got to do. Either he just says there's nothing, or he has to make five red cards, what happening there. So I think that was bad refereeing. I think it was bad handling. And I think to overdo this, to say that Casemiro, that was so terrible what he did, well, then you've never been in a bust up in English football. I don't think anyone's saying he needs to go to jail for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah, you do. You do. With, if you use the slow motion on any VAR discussion in football, we will end up having people in, in prison. You saw that referee. It was like bizarre. He was still having a look at this photo. It was so slow. It had as slow as I've ever seen. I mean, terrible decision. Uh, Ali, are you going to go with the majority here? Absolutely not. The violent conduct. In, the violent conduct in this studio is appalling. Jack, I am afraid of being next to you right now with those big hands. Look, it, you can push and shove all you want, right? And we've all been in the middle of this sort of stuff. But it gets upgraded when you put your hands around somebody's neck. That is, by definition, violent conduct. You are now grabbing somebody's neck. Whatever you're doing and however hard you're holding somebody's neck, I think that's not nearly as important as to is the act of what you're doing. His hands should never be up there to begin with. I can't believe that we're ranking this based upon, of, well, how hard did he really squeeze his neck? No, 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 no. Check, hold on a second. Okay. Hold on a second. It's violent conduct. I think it pushes, it upgrades from a push to somebody grabbing somebody's neck, it's an upgrade. And it, it goes through the threshold of violent conduct, that's where I agree, it's a red card. Schlupp did the same, albeit one-handedly, to Anthony. But it's not what's about to it's about this particular... And my point is, my point is, if as a referee, you're going into this melee of players, and you look, and you pick out this one incident, and you are judged this to be a red card, then you have to look at everything else that's going on in that exact same moment. And if you look Hallelujah. at everything else that's going on in that exact same moment, Schlupp should have seen red, and you should have seen yes, red. Shaka. If you send everybody yes. off, then I say, yes. okay. then I say, well played. Then I say, okay, that's how you handle it, ref. But you cannot pick out one person in, in, in all of this and, and make an example of him. <laughs> okay, so in exactly. a vacuum, in a vacuum, 
Just by itself, Casemiro grabbing somebody's neck. In a vacuum, I'm fine with it. Okay, so what you're saying yeah, is you that can... it is okay it, it, it is okay to give a red card for Casemiro, but you would have liked to have seen a red card for somebody else. And I am saying, no. and what I'm saying is, if you're stepping into that situation huh? with everything that's happening, with everything that's happening, and you judge that to be red card worthy, uh -huh. If that is what you judge to be red card worthy, then there are three other players but, who need to see red but, as well. But, but Shaka, you were so good as a lawyer there till your last <laughs> sentence. Then you lost it. Because, yes, yeah. because then Al, Al had you as a lawyer. Uh, Al was straight on. So in a vacuum, then, then you were a bit gone and then you came back in again. <laughs> the thing is, the thing, the thing, the thing is, it was when he was looking at that situation in slow motion, what what Casemiro was doing it was funny because all around Casemiro there were all kind of fights you know but so no one had to hand around someone's that, neck yeah that, that's the key uh, thing exactly. isn't it exactly but but that uh, it's, it's one or two seconds have a look at the football <laughs> game have a have, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Ali is ranking, you know, this yes. particular action. Yeah, of because Casimiro. that's how the laws of the game and, uh, work. So, but no, no, you, no, no, is no, it, no. But is it is it a normal conduct? No. Uh, to to kick somebody, to push somebody in the in the fence where he can hit his head and 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 then have a bigger injury of that. You know, so do you think he doesn't deserve a red card as well? The guy who kicks the players, Anthony who kicks another player. Is that, isn't, it, isn't it a violent conduct than to, kill, to kick somebody or to push somebody or to hit somebody? That's the same for me of strangling yes, but somebody. But if, if you hit someone, if you get sent off. If you kick someone, you get sent off. If you put your hands around someone's neck, you get sent <laughs> no, off. But, but what, you, what, what, Al, Al no, no, because it wasn't and, the case and, before. Before... Bef Schlup wasn't wasn't red carded. He kicked somebody. Or Schlup. But uh, thank I God. I mean, Al, Al and Dan, it looks like you live your life in a slow motion. Football is not a life in slow motion. We're going to show you running later on. Yeah, that really yeah, is slow motion. Yeah, yeah. Careful about slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. Well done, Dan. Oh. Casemiro will be available, though, for the Carabao Cup. Oh, what about his hands? What about his hands? What about the children? Send him up now. Send him up now, I see. Uh, Manchester United against Newcastle then. We'll be live on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, that is February 26th. There was one other game today, significant result as well for the bottom of the table with Nottingham Forest beating mm. oh. Leeds by one goal oh, to nil. Well done. Great what player. a brilliant finish here to give Nottingham Forest all three points. Leeds are in trouble. Jesse Marsh's side in free fall at the moment. And it's a huge win for Nottingham Forest. We wrote them off, or some people did, at the start <laughs> of the season. But look at them now. 13th in the table, 6th clear of Everton in 18th. But look at Leeds now. Level on points mm. with Sean Dyche's side. 
How are Football Americas going to react oh, to this? Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh. Kaelin Navas was good, though. Yes. yes. So they'll be excited about that. It's a CONCACAF conundrum. United States of Leeds. To check it out, then, tomorrow on ESPN+. Some big games in the FA Cup coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. It's the rematch of Sheffield United against Wrexham. That game live at 2.30 Eastern on ESPN2, followed by Sunderland against Fulham from the stadium. And like both those games available on Plus. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Bayern Munich made it two wins in a row as they defeat Wolfsburg by four goals to two on Sunday. They're in complete control of this game, but let Wolfsburg back into it. Joshua Kimmich would be sent off for Bayern, but in the end, they hold on to take all three points. It puts them back to the top of the Bundesliga table. Jan, with us. Jan, it looked like smooth, smooth running for Bayern for a change, but in the end, they had to avoid some bumps to get the win. I mean, the Bayern, Bayern is playing Niko Kovac, their former coach, and Niko Kovac said in the week that it was easier to, to win in Munich than uh, away in Union Berlin. And Bayern didn't like that, so they built up a, a, a front against uh, Kovac, and they were doing very well, 3-0 up after 19 minutes. But they were a bit lucky at that moment. The, the substitution you saw was that after 30 minutes, Niko Kovac took off and changed his system. That's why uh, the guy was a bit mad, you may say. But again, typical Bayern again, being under pressure, so many things going around, in and around the club. And then they go to a place like Wolfsburg where people hope, all the neutral fans hope that they will, will have a trouble against uh, a quite high-flying uh, Wolfsburg lately. And then they win so convincingly. I mean, and that goal for Musiala, he yeah. got 10 goals now in the Bundesliga. This is, this is a golden boy. This is a fantastic football player that England will always regret that he will... He ended up playing for Germany. Oh, shut up. Why'd you bring that up? <laughs> wow. That was unnecessary, yeah? Proves to be better than that Haaland guy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Born in England. Born in England. <laughs> no, we'll take him oh, off. Yeah, and two wins in a row now for Bayern. That's it. Price is over. No worries. No. That is just, has just started. This week, it was the, the big interview with Manuel Neuer. 
And a quite surprise to the Bayern leaders, they fired the goalkeeping coach and best friend of Manuel Neuer. And Manuel Neuer was not happy about this. This is a surprise. So now they are talking about fining him. They will end up with a symbolic fine, I guess, because they all say he's the best goalkeeper. But listen, this is, in my opinion, this Julian Nagelsmann had a trouble with uh, the goalkeeping coach. He wants his own goalkeeping coach in. <laughs> and while Manuel Neuer is, is sitting somewhere with his crutches, we just fire him. So I don't think it's over, but it always helps with some wins. And they have two in Mainz in the cup. They played, they scored four uh, and winning there. And now they at Wolfsburg, they were convincingly. And Thomas Müller. And I, I just say, I want to say, they, they had a speak, they had a chat uh, oh. among themselves. And the player said, we want Thomas Müller in the team. And then they thought, well, who should we kick out? And then they said, we'll take out the defender. We played three at the back. And, and somehow then Müller is there. And it was a great, and you said it, a great, great header from, uh, from the, the veteran uh, at Bayern. Who, I wonder who led that conversation. Mm. Do you know what? I think Thomas Muller should start. <laughs> right, Thomas. Yeah, thank you very good, much yeah. for that. Good, good, good morning, Thomas. Yeah, thank good you morning, Thomas. Uh, we'll say thank you to Jan. Jan will be back uh, for extra time. German Cup, of course, takes priority on ESPN Plus on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Freiburg taking on Zan Horsen. I chat Frankfurt against Darmstadt. And then Wednesday, Nürnberg against Dusseldorf. And it's spoken against Borussia Dortmund. Barcelona beat Sevilla by three goals to nil on Sunday to extend their lead over Real Madrid to eight points after Carlo Ancelotti's side lost 1-0 against Mallorca earlier in the day. Pablo Zabaleta joins us. Pab, I thought Barcelona were excellent in that second half. Yeah, they were fantastic. Uh, overall, they've been uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I say halftime, but I want to see more from Jordi Alba on the left-hand side, so well done from him. Uh, it's been a masterclass performance from Jordi Alba. Um, and, and again, three, three goals, another clean sheet for Barcelona. Um, I, I think if they will continue playing that way, it will be impossible for Real Madrid to, to catch them. Uh, they've been really good. Again, they've been solid at the back, clean sheet, as I say. Araujo, Christensen, Conde, everyone, everyone been brilliant tonight. So different to that Barcelona side that was struggling earlier on in the season, Ali. This momentum, as, as Pablo said, it's difficult to see where it's going to end. And, and the difference from early season Barcelona as to what we see now is that even when they're not playing well, they're winning games, which gives you confidence as a group that you can trust. You know what? It may not be our best afternoon, but we're going to find a way. We're going to defend well. We wanna, we're going to win a game 1-0 if need be. And then we also have the talent that perhaps without Lewandowski scoring a goal, we can still score three goals in a match. And we mentioned a player in halftime, Rafinha, that we thought needed to be a difference maker for this group. And he was in the second half. His willingness to run in behind. Something that we asked him to do at halftime is 1v1 situations. Take somebody on. Force defenders to have to make a decision. And once you beat that defender, then find a pass. And he did that for the Gabi goal, tapping from my counter range. And then be an option inside the 18-yard box, which he was. As Lewandowski's taking defenders away to the far post. There you see Rafinha appearing in the middle of the box and he's finishing his chance. If he has this sort of impact, now we're talking. This is what you want from Rafinha, even more so now that Dembele is injured. It gives more responsibility to Rafinha. If he's doing this, Barcelona becomes far more dangerous. And if, as we look at the totality and the big picture of the Barcelona right now as compared to Real Madrid, you're finding 
consistency in their performance, you're finding consistency in their results, and you're finding a team that while everybody else is falling apart, they just keep on winning. Pablo, though, the one negative, as I mentioned, is Busquets out. How much of a blow is that, say, looking mm. ahead to the first leg against Manchester United, or how much can Frank Kessie come in and kind of fill that void? Yeah, he looks bad. Um, well, Busquets still is not getting any younger, but he's still an important player for Barcelona, especially playing, um, you know, as a holding midfielder in front of the back four. He always uh, good on the ball, still very clever at reading the game. Uh, so hopefully it's not too bad. We wish him uh, a speed of recovery. Uh, of course, looking forward, they have an important game uh, coming out in the Europa League against Manchester United. But, uh, well, they have Kessier probably to, to replace him. Um, I'm not sure if he can do the same, uh, same role because I, I see more Kessier playing as a number eight, probably more uh, attacking and, and the young playing more as a number six. But, of course, uh, it, would be, it is a big blow for Barcelona. Hopefully it's not too bad and, uh, and he's back uh, soon. Real Madrid's poor form continued on Sunday as they lost to Mallorca by one goal to nil. It would be an own goal from Nacho uh, that would see Mallorca open the scoring and then sat back and defended. Real Madrid not happy. Vinicius Jr. fouled a lot during the game. But in the end, Real Madrid just couldn't get it done. Mallorca take the win. Uh, you'll hear a little bit more from me and Shaka in cameo roles as Carlo Ancelotti and a reporter during this report from Alexis Nunes. Yeah, Dan, the early kickoff in La Liga turned out to be quite the spectacle that probably nobody was really expecting in a hotly contested, tempers flaring type match between Mallorca and Real Madrid. And Real Madrid left scratching their heads once again, which is something that we talked about with Tony Rudiger and Carlo Ancelotti afterwards. Our game was too slow. We lost many balls. And uh, yeah, like also we lost nearly almost every duel. How do you make that get better? Because it's something that we've noticed in the last couple of games where the tempo has been really slow, what's going on there? No, like, uh, like uh, we have to find rhythm, 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 rhythm. And, uh, but I think the main factor is uh, we lose too many balls and uh, we invite them to counter-attack. And then of course we saw the game got a little bit feisty sometimes. Vinny seemed to get fouled quite a lot. Was it difficult the way they were playing? Oh, like, uh, like uh, this is what they, what they went for. They went for it. They targeted the team from the beginning. Of course, he's, a, he's an important player. So they targeted him, and but uh, like the referee, yeah, like I don't want to talk about the referee. We have to look at us. The most fouls in La Liga by a team in a match has been 28. Today, Mallorca did 29 fouls and 10 fouls on Vinicius. What do you think of that? With that, I'm not the one that needs to talk about it, but the referee should, and quickly. Because the funny thing is, after the first half, we were the ones that had two yellow cards and they had none. About that heated environment here that I mentioned, why do you think that was? And above all, why do you seem directed towards Vinicius? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. 
Vinny is a great player and he needs to be protected at all costs. I think instead of focusing on Vinny, we have to focus on what happened in this game and not on Vinny's rivals specifically. Well, things would have gone a lot better for Real Madrid if only the hometown boy from here, from Palma, Marco Asensio, was able to convert a penalty from the spot, but he didn't. He had it saved against his former club, Mallorca, by the goalkeeper, Rajkovic, who's actually enjoying his first season with the club. Where does that moment rank for you now in your career? Uh, I didn't get a lot of luck before, <laughs> before this game with the penalties, you know, like three or four I didn't save. And now I have good intuition to, to save penalty in the, the best moment for me. The best, this is, I think, the best penalty saving in my, my career so far. So I'm happy and I will continue you know, to help the team. Madrid definitely left scratching their heads to see what they can do, at least for the next game, which comes really quickly. It's on Wednesday, the semi-finals of the Club World Cup against Al-Ali. A lot to digest there, uh, Pablo. Let's just start with overall. Where have Real Madrid gone wrong of late? What's their problem? I think it, they, they just lack momentum or confidence or consistency, I would say. Um, I remember I watched the game they played against um, Real Sociedad home uh, a few days ago, and they, they've been really good, especially mm. Rodrigo and Vinicius. The Ancelotti were talking about uh, Vinicius, uh, what's going on with him, all the fear everyone choose, focusing, he's the target and all this. But in this game against Real Sociedad, he's been really good. Why? Because he was just focusing on what he's doing on the field. When, when Vinicius is just... Uh, doing, you know, what he does best, like dribbling past people, uh, playing one-two, and all that, he's a great player. Then when he's, you know, with this kind of attitude that's kicking player or just talking to the referee or to the fans and all that, that's not good for him. So um, hopefully he can just focus on on what uh, he's doing on the field and, and Real Madrid needs to recover again that uh, um, you know, um, that style of play that is good for them to win games and, and, and Benzema to come back into the team because they, uh, Benzema is one of the main players for that team and when he's not on the pitch, uh, it seems like uh, uh, Real Madrid is struggling with goals and all this. The opposition know it, don't they, Ali? Mm. If you get under Vinicius Junior's mm -hmm. skin, distract him, unfocus him, yeah. you know you've got a chance. Of course! See, if you're the opposition... Anybody, and today in particular Pablo Mafeo from Mallorca, if you know that you get in his face, that you start talking to him, that you're frustrating him, now he's focusing on the wrong things. He's focusing on you. He's focusing on what you can do physically to him or what he can do to you physically instead of playing the game. Now, Vinny Jr. coming off the field at halftime, People were, are yelling at him, are talking to him, as they do anytime that you go away and you're a superstar for the other team. And what does he do? He starts kissing the crest of Real Madrid. And that only brings up more attention on him. From the fans, from the opposition, he loses his effectiveness, his efficiency, and much more so than anything else, he no longer is an impactful player when he's concerned about everything other than playing the game and doing the things that he does well. My message to Vinicius will be, you're not the first nor the last superstar who will be targeted. These things are going to keep on coming. And the more that you choose to react, the more that you choose to look as if it's making a difference, 
The more that you choose to be affected by this, the more it's going to come. Because now they know. This is how we can stop him. We can't stop him in 1v1 situations if he runs at us, but if we take him off his game because he's thinking about everything else other than dribbling me, I've now done my job. Does he need more protection, though? The most foul player in La Liga, 10 today. Well, without question, and, and Carlo Ancelotti spoke about it, and the referee's, referee's job to protect the game star players. That's, that's why referees are there. Um, but in the, absence, in the absence of that, I, I thought Vinicius was much improved in the second half uh, than, than he was in the first, for, for a lot of the same reasons that, that Ali is, is, is speaking about. He got into this kind of battle with Mafia, and there's a bit of history there, and it, it, that seemed to, that, that, that seemed to, to, to draw all, all Vinicius' energy in. And then, whatever was said at halftime, never mind that, you're going to get fouled, deal with it. It's part of the process of being one of the best players in the game. It's part of the maturing process. And I thought you saw a better Vinicius Jr. in the second half. Drew the penalty, I think there were other opportunities where... He, he got the better of his man and just looking for Benzema to make that run through the middle. And he got his head up and it just did not look the same to him. And in the end, he, he ran down a, a, a couple of dead ends. But it, it was Vinicius back to being his tricky and focused best. But like I say, he, this is new territory for, for Vinicius Jr. This ground, the likes of Neymar, of Ronaldo, of Messi have all gone before them. All about to come through it. The sooner he recognizes that, the sooner he'll get back to having the kind of impacts he did for Real Madrid last season. And the reason that we dwell on Vinny Jr., as we're doing, is because you look around for Real Madrid in the final third, and there isn't much to no. hang on to. So it has to come from him. It now becomes his responsibility. Rodrigo will play as a false nine, and maybe he can have an impact here and there. Marco Asensio, if you trust him, well, so be it. Good luck with that because he may be able to score a goal like he did in the midweek, but then he's going to have matches like today that become frustrating. And then after that, you start searching and is oh, it's Mariano coming off the bench. Is that the answer? Well, this is how desperate it has gotten for Real Madrid in terms of what you have available. So, yes. We focus on Vinicius. And just the same way that we focus on Vinicius, you know who else focuses on Vinicius? The other teams. Mm. Other teams that are playing against Real Madrid. We take him out of the game, we're going to take a big part of what they do offensively if Benzema is not on the field. Uh, against teams like Mallorca, who played as, as they did today and, and sat deep, especially so once you get an early goal, Vinicius is the only player who's going to hurt Mallorca at mm. that point. Uh, as, Ali, as Ali says, Asensio can hit them from distance, as can Valverde. But Mallorca has got... Well, Eight, nine men behind the ball at every single moment. That, that's not where the threat is. The threat is from players like Vinicius. So therefore, if you can knock him off his game, if you keep following him, if you keep breaking things up, you can get, you can get a result. And that's exactly what Mallorca did. Pablo, was it a tactic that you would employ when, when you were playing, when you were up against a player that you know if you got under their skin, it would somewhat distract them? Yes, um, absolutely. That... When you face or when you play against uh, some player like Vinicius or I remember playing against Neymar, uh, it was a bit like that, you know, as a defender you have to, you want to be like uh, Pablo Maffeo today against uh, Vinicius, you know, you want to be tight on him, you want to kick him, you want to give him a, a tough game and then, uh, you know, uh, take him out from the game. Uh, if you can do this, uh, 
that's perfect or you can have a, a really bad uh, day because if he's inspired and he's in a good day then uh, forget it but sometimes as a defender against those kind of players with these uh, kind of characters of course you, you always uh, try something like that but as I say uh, I think players like Neymar, Vinicius, uh, Rodrigo they are uh, they're really good and when they, when they are uh, focused on the game and when they when they brave, when they know when to fight against defenders because they don't know how to do it. But instead of uh, fighting and all these issues, uh, give, me the goal again. give me the ball again. I take you on. Mm. Uh, I play one-two. I score this. That's the, 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 the game they should do uh, every weekend. And that's when uh, they give their best. And that was something, Pablo, you always felt Messi was able to achieve that. Like he wouldn't really engage. Well, he's still he's still obviously playing, <laughs> but he wouldn't engage. And, it, and it's something that you feel you need to use him as an example if you're speaking to someone like Vinicius Junior. Yeah, and I know sometimes it's, it's so hard for these kind of players to, you know, uh, to be uh, calm or, or, or patient when you have a tough defender that every time goes on you hard and all these. But uh, as I say, for me. Um, uh, the best thing for those players is just to, to remain, uh, you know, calm in the game. And, and as I say, I, I, I'm going to show that I'm brave. I'm brave enough to, to, to be on the ball again, uh, not, not to, to do anything else because uh, they don't know how to do it. As mm. I say before, and, and Messi always been uh, a bit like that. You know, the best players always been just... Uh, um, calm, clever to say, no, just uh, give me the ball again. I, I will take it on. That's going to be for me the best thing to show you that I'm really good. I'm better than you. And you will get yellow because uh, it's going to be hard for you to, to stop me. You will make a tackle and all this. And then it's going to be hard for the defender when you're in a yellow to go hard again. But as I say, uh, that's not the kind of game that they should be... Uh, playing and, and, and they are much better than this. Uh, as I mentioned, of course, no Benzema, no Luka Modric. So it was between Asensio or Rodrigo. As to who would be the designated penalty hmm. taker, Carlo Ancelotti explained his choice after the game. For the penalty, I chose Asensio or Rodrigo because I thought he could be affected by the World Cup miss. Remember, Rodrigo missing in the shootout. I chose Asensio because Benzema is first choice and he is third after Modric, who was on the bench. Yeah, just one of those things, Ali, just... Well, at the very least, there is a plan in place. Right. We ask the question sometimes as to how the penalty kicks are decided and, and who makes that decision. Well, we have an answer with Real Madrid, and that's Carlo Ancelotti, right? So, whether you take his reasoning or not, so be it. But at least he's told you, look, I, I'm right. not so sure as to what Rodrigo's situation is with penalties now because the last one that he took was in the World Cup and that didn't go so well. I'm going to go with Asensio. Asensio is at home. He, that's where he's from. It's Mallorca. Here we go. I'm sure that he's motivated to take the penalty on. And this is, I guess, his approach to take penalties. But I always, and, and I've been consistent with this, this, this idea of the stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. If the, if the goalkeeper doesn't commit one way, then you have lost the momentum. And by the time that you go and take it, if the goalkeeper reacts on time, it's probably, he's probably going to make a save. And that's exactly what happens here. He doesn't commit, reads them all the way, Ends up being a warm-up safe, to be honest, for Reykjavik once he goes the correct direction. 
Uh, we will say thank you very much to Pablo. And you might say, why are you saying thank you very much to Pablo? Surely he's going to be here for the Manchester City discussion. Uh, Apparently he didn't see the game, which is a big fat lie. Uh, you know that. He just doesn't what? want to talk about a City what? loss. What? That is it, Pablo. Yeah, goodness not, not Premier League. Not Premier League. Yeah. 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 That's it. How convenient. <laughs> oh, oh, exactly. Very convenient. Controversy. Oh. <laughs> Enjoy your evening. City lost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Pablo, Pablo. <laughs> Pablo. Uh, so we're talking about the World Club Cup now for the Club World Cup. Right. You, you got that right. Yeah. Uh, we saw our Astley, of course, beat Seattle Sounders. They'll play Real Madrid on Wednesday, likely without Thibaut Courtois. Uh, preceding that, it's Flamengo against Ali Hajal for the place in the final next week. Just a reminder, we have got a plethora of Ooh. classicos for you coming yeah. up, uh, starting March 2nd. Real Madrid against Barca, first leg of the Copa del Rey. That's followed on the 19th by Barca against Real Madrid in La Liga. Barca win that, it's done and dusted, isn't it, you feel? And then it's Barca against Real Madrid once again at the camp now, this time in the second leg of the Copa del Rey. Uh, all of those games exclusively on ESPN+. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Inter beat Milan by one goal to nil in a Milan derby to put them then three points clear of Roma. Also registered a victory, of course, this weekend. Milan now down in sixth. They are 18 points off Napoli at the top of the table. For more on this, Frank LeBeouf returns. Uh, Gab Marcotti with us as well. Gab, sum this Milan derby up for us. Wow. Uh... Uh, something to do with uh, with self harm maybe oh. uh, from uh, Stefano Pioli's tactical choices before the game. Uh, he decided to go and he decided to basically jettison the way Milan had been playing, um, the, the way Milan had won the title, and obviously it hadn't been working well. But he decided to go and essentially go uber defensive to try to match up uh, Inter's three five two with. Uh, a formation which maybe was supposed to be a 3-5-2 turned out to essentially be a 5-3-2 low block where I think they had 0.0 xG uh, in the first half. 
um, which is actually probably pretty difficult to do. They, uh, in terms of shots on goal, they were kind of a red and black version of uh, Erling Holland uh, <laughs> on the day. And uh, Inter took the lead, had more chances, didn't capitalize, and in the end, finally, uh, he, he sent on uh, Rafael Leao and Salamakers. They created a couple more chances. Olivier Giroud had a shot chance to equalize. It's a very Inter performance because Inter could have scored more, didn't, and in the end, slightly hanging if that Giroud chance uh, had been taken might have been different. But really a horrendous, horrendous performance uh, for Milan for the first hour. And, you know, and inevitably now the questions are, Pioli, what were you thinking mm. in, uh, in going out, changing the game plan, changing everything around? Frank, are you happy that our producers made you watch this game? <laughs> <laughs> well, at first I was I was excited because uh, um, I mean it's a derby and it's played at Meazza. It's always a great atmosphere. I say Meazza because when Inter is playing at home, it's Meazza. It's San Siro when AC oh. Milan receives. Uh, I think Gabby can agree with that. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I thought the atmosphere were great. The tifos were great, and everything was perfect except only one team understood the the way of playing a, a derby was Inter. And AC Milan came as a victim and uh, didn't exist at all. So it was, uh, uh, from my lookalike, Mr. Pioli, uh, kind of uh, a deceiving and disappointing <laughs> t uh, day today because it didn't offer anything. It really didn't offer anything, didn't propose to his, t to his players something to uh, counter uh, this uh, good inter team. And uh, um, deserving win from uh, Inter. Nothing much to, to say. I was pleased to see Lotaro Martinez. Lotaro Martinez a very good goal and very good game. And uh, 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 I would say unlike his World Cup, where he was pretty unfortunate, it was pretty. It was very, very good, very intense uh, all game long. Who's better looking, Pioli or Frank Gab? <laughs> Oh, I think Frank. Oh, <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> you Disappointing answer. Oh, the wrong answer. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Osterman once again delivering the right answer for Napoli as they beat uh, Spezia by three goals to nil. He added two more to his tally now of 17 this season. Uh, we knew he was good, Gab. He's getting even better as this season goes on. Yeah, I mean, the first goal, he skies some crazy 55-inch vertical stuff going on. The second was was a tap-in, Kvartskelia. Uh, again, he's double figures in both goals and assists this season, uh, having, a, having a tremendous game. And you know what, Dan? He's not just good on the pitch. He's a good person off it. I don't know if you saw the scenes. I tweeted this out. Uh, during the warm-ups, he was, he was practicing a shooting on goal. He sent one over the top, went into the stands, uh, and it hit this little girl. Um, and so he immediately, he ran over, he climbed into the stands, into the midst of the, the Spezia fans to apologize and, and to give her a hug. Obviously all caught organically, of course, uh, on uh, everybody's cell phones. And so it's all out there on social media. Oh, good stuff. Speaking of social media, you can check out the latest edition of the Gam Jules podcast as they'll be discussing in more detail what happened in Italy this weekend. Uh, the latest episode will drop on Monday.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For some bonus material now, let's get some reaction from the camp now. After that win against Seville, we'll be hearing from Rakitic in a moment. But first, Ter Stegen. Well, I feel uh, really good. Uh, we, now we have a long week. Uh, no game in between of the of the of the week, and and well, we have time also to recover. I think it's really necessary now after yeah an intense month, and I think uh, yeah we are in good shape. Uh, we want to keep the the momentum, and I think we yeah we just deserve to be up there. Hmm. Uh, what about you yourself? Uh, you are of course the goalie with less uh, goals conceded, only seven, only one goal from a penalty shot here at the Camp What do you think is the key of such amazing numbers? Well, I think uh, I think it got a bit viral le- last week um, that uh, once they um, yeah come to our half and and we have to run back. I think we we are doing the effort to be back in in position and. And uh, this is the key, actually. There's uh, not a big secret. I think it's just working for the team, and and I think we're doing great on this, and we have a good uh, position in in wh- where to be, and uh, to be able to press again. And I think this is the key to to be successful. And then later on, I think uh, each and and everyone in in defense line is also on yeah on his highest level, and this is what we want to keep uh, yeah keep up there. No, I think this is this is key. I'm sure Xavi, yourself, you're one of the captains, don't want the euphoria to be there, but your position is, is really good in, in La Liga. Do you feel like this, like very strong to win after a tough season last season to win La Liga? Yeah, but I think we also saw last year, even though it was sometimes really difficult, but um, I think we, we also saw that we have like, um, yeah, that we are trying to to do exactly what the coach wants. And I think this is also a chip you need to change. And, and it took um, maybe at the beginning a bit of time, but I think, uh, yeah, the progression is, is, is just good. And I think we are playing very uh, confident. I think we have, a, we have a good structure. And I think this is uh, thanks, uh, thanks to, to Xavi. And the last one, do you think you are at the best of your career right now? Do you feel like that? I feel really good. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Congratulations, Mark. Looks like the team is getting tougher in the back as well. Uh, uh, do you feel the same way? Of course, the last weeks was uh, was very good for us. Uh, even I think that the game today we have to forget it very very quickly and to prepare the next games. I think what we did in the last games was very very good. Uh, just today, forget it. Uh, put it by on the, on the side. Of course, we have to. Uh, learn a lot uh, of this game, but uh, take it out and prepare the next weeks and uh, go for uh, many points. Let me just one last question about your former team, because they are eight points clear now. Uh, do you think this this they have the thing to to win La Liga back again? Of course, they have now everything in 
in their in, in their hands. I think they did uh, very well the last the last few few weeks. So of course, uh, with eight points, uh, it looks very very well for them. But uh, yeah, La Liga it's very tough. So you never know. But I wish of course all the best to Barca. Good luck in the next game, Ivan. Thank you. Uh, that's it. That brings us to the end of today. Yeah. Stay tuned. Extra time is next. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you, as always, for your questions. Shaka Hislop is here. You right, Shaq? Yeah, I'm good. Good. Ali Moreno joins us, as does Frank LaBeouf and Jan Argafjordov. Mm. Uh, can we do the video now? Oh, yes, yeah, please. Yeah, let's do it now. Let's not wait. If you haven't seen uh, this, uh -huh. this is the first time Jan's been on since his 200-meter race. Oh, here we go. So that's it, yeah. The starting position is difficult. Hey, false start. A false start? <laughs> oh, oh, Let oh. Feet. Hey, Was that Jan in the back there? Is that, is that, a, is that a shark? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just a Norwegian fish. Come on, Jan! <laughs> Jan! The fish is catching you, Jan! Come on, Jan! The fish is gonna bite Come on. Jan! Move the feet, Jan! Oh, Move your legs, Jan! Oh, goodness me! <laughs> There's so much to digest from this, Jan. Uh, yeah. Who was filming it? They were laughing a lot at you. That was my nephews. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I love your nephews. Can you confirm or deny that was Stevie and the fish concert? <laughs> no, I can't confirm that. It could be. I thought it was a real but, fish. But, but, uh, yeah, but, but, see, but see how he shuffled his feet here? Yeah. Hey, now he's ready. Now he's ready yeah, to go. He's, he's trying to oh, hold back the full start. And everything. <laughs> I know, I know. Why? What's the story the, with the fish, Jan? Yeah, this is, uh, well, first of all, what's the story with the event? I mean, this oh, is uh, from Karsten Warholm, the 400-meter hurdle Olympic winner. He got all these friends there, and they, they ending up with a relay. And I can't hardly move without looking like a cowboy. So when I went to bed that night, I was seeing this fish coming after me all the time. <laughs> it, it getting closer and closer. But I, but I have, but I have to say, I have to say, I, I'm, I'm the same problem as Casemiro oh. that the filming is done slow motion. Right. I mean, this must be slow motion. Oh, goodness me! And how were you feeling afterwards, Jan? Well, I was feeling exactly like I did before, uh, during and afterwards. Stiff, <laughs> terrible and painful. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. do you think City are a better team this season than they were last season? No, I think they were better last season. Uh, if you have a look at, uh, but if you look at the number of goals, they've scored exactly, more or less exactly the same as last year, but Erling Holland scored 25 of them. So uh, if you ask me now, and you, and you did, uh, is that Manchester City doesn't look like the rhythm and balance that they had last season. And not only... So what's the main factor they had that's at the changed at City oh. from oh. this season to oh. last oh, season? Oh, no. yeah. Well, there is a lot of things that could happen. There could be have the World Cup, something doing that. But if you try to say that if you have a striker who scored 25 goals, you just have to find another job. There is a plumber job ready for you somewhere. Oh, I'd be a great plumber. <laughs> I would well, not hire Dad to do my plumbing. Those, those hands are too supple. <laughs> <laughs> They're too tender. They're quite small. <laughs> 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 
girl in the place. So, pay, pay respect to my father's job, you know, because he was a plumber. He yeah. was a very good one. So. <laughs> so, no, plumber's yeah, sorry, good. Sorry, probably get sorry, paid more Frank, than me to I, be I, I, Frank, I wanted to add that, but I wanted to say in all respect to plumbers, if you get done in your job, well, man. Yeah. Thank you. There we go. Good. <laughs> Robbery's bad pass gave away the goal. How did each of you react as teammates in similar situations when you went behind because of teammates' mistakes? Chaka, this is something you're on the receiving end of more than the actual... No. Like, a lot of your teammates saw you make a mistake. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Did anyone ever have a go at you? Not really. No, because they I, just... I, 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 I never... Because I, I never had to go at anybody when they made a mistake. Right. I, no, I, I went, oh, Chaka, catch the ball. <laughs> You've got your hands for a reason. <laughs> no, no, Dan. So, but, well, as, I, as I started saying, I, I never had a go at players when they made a mistake, especially, especially when it ended up as a goal. Right. Because I think you know. As a player, you know. And more times than not, I feel those players who just start remonstrating and shouting, they're doing that for the crowd. They're not doing that to encourage Did you see players make. calling out other players? You, 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 you see it a yes. lot. You, you see right. it a lot. And, and I think that when you start doing that and, and remonstrating your arms are going, you're playing for the crowd. You're not really playing to help your teammate. Right. And, and so I, I never did that with anybody in my career. And I can't honestly say right now that anybody did that to me. Uh, yeah. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And I will tell you a good story. We, <laughs> we were swing, we, 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 we were at in, in the dressing room, not out on the pitch. And uh, our goalkeeper, Nicky Hammond, he did a big mistake in the FA Cup. But we came into the dressing room after the game. We were knocked out of the cup. And as there's something happening, sometimes that happening in English dressing rooms, we were more or less in the fight because of his mistake. And John Moncur, as you know, Shaka, he had a go at the manager and then nearly had a fight in the dressing room. Fast forward three weeks later, John Moncur has somehow got into the dressing room before the, the, the team arrived and he had drawn the manager on the floor like a crime scene <laughs> with, a with, a, with a moustache on. <laughs> that, was, that was brilliant. And it was a great, great mood. Wow. <laughs> Frank, would you call out teammates if they made a mistake? Um, it can be an immediate reaction, you know, when the guy made a mistake, where I will go the other way around, where I will say, come on, that's all right, come on, come on. Oh, React, yes. you know, it's yeah. over. Now it's too late. React. Yeah. But... I remember a teammate, but I won't name him. But I, I, yeah, I remember him. a guy you know, playing a tournament. <laughs> no, no, I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. But um, uh, he, oh, he, oh, during a tournament, Euro 2000, every oh. time somebody was making uh -oh. a mistake, he was doing that. Like, let's say the game was there and the coach was there. And every time he was doing that, that and suddenly he was like, after the mistake. Oh, oh, that's annoying. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's oh, very annoying. So wow. I went, oh. I, after, the, after the third or the fourth time that I saw that, I came and I said, you know what, stop doing that. Oh. Because that's not fair. We are playing a collective yeah. game, you know, you're going to make mistakes and we're, gonna, we're not going to point you. So stop that. Oh. He didn't realize that he was doing it. Supposedly. Was it David Ginola? Was he there? <laughs> oh, Your nemesis. I can't believe Zidane did that. No, 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 he wasn't there anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. He was, I won't name him because he's a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he was. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Who needs enemies, eh? When you have friends like Frank. Uh, do you think anyone had to go at Zidane when he got sent off, Frank? Mm. Ooh. 
Oh, I know some I know some people were upset and they told me that they were upset. Yes. But you cannot say anything. <laughs> After all, it's in Zidane, so you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll get it butted as well. Look, look at your Twitter handle on that. Oh, yeah, on yeah. Oh, yeah. In, oh. Infected CV. <laughs> okay, let's, let's not bring that back up. <laughs> uh, what what, what do you like with teammates who make mistakes? Well, first of all, I, 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 usually I was farther away because right. obviously those mistakes were happening somewhere yes. in our defensive third. What was really frustrating at times is that I could, you can see the mistake about to happen and you cannot do anything about it. Right. And it's such a, you feel so powerless. You, you want to tell them, you got somebody coming. I, I remember we were playing against DC United. We were, it was our home opener with Philadelphia Union. And stadium was back. We were playing at the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium. Our goalkeeper has the ball in his hands. Has it in his hands. But there's, a, there's a, one of their strikers. It's just behind him. Oh, no. He can't hear oh, people around him. Uh, so he rolls the ball. And you're oh, telling, all of us are telling him. And you're from afar, you're telling him, no, no, no. <laughs> he rolls it. Of course, the, the, the striker gets the ball. And to make it even worse, the striker fakes as if he's gonna shoot. This guy dives out of the way, oh. and basically he <laughs> then rolls oh. the ball into the back oh. of the net. And it's one of the few times, in fact, perhaps the only time that I remember being about 60 yards from the play and just being on my knees like, oh. how does this happen? Oh. But that I did not yell. That wasn't a dive. It wasn't a dive. <laughs> it was I went on the knees on myself, and I did not yell. You don't call him out. You know he feels bad about the good things that we won the game. Yeah, and just moving on the conversation a little bit more, just communication between players. How much is Haaland mm. telling his teammates at the moment, just pass me the blooming ball? Mm. Well, well you, you can look for that, because that is... We have to say for the striker union, sometimes the strikers got very frustrated when you don't get the ball earlier. But I, I would like today, I didn't see that what he did sometimes in Germany when he had all this body language saying you're going to do that. And, and I, th I think that Erling Haaland has shown in Dortmund and in Manchester City that he is a, he's a great teammate. If you, if you saw the game today as well, he had one chance today to shoot and he played out. I think it was to Grealish on, on the right mm. side. I think he should have had a shot. So, so now he, he's not your typical striker. I've seen them worse, and I've been worse as well. Because if you want to cross and it's not <laughs> coming, because you're doing all you can to get that run going, uh, so there is some body language going. But Alan Connor is one of the good guys there. Okay. For Jan, where does Pierre Emil Hoiberg rank amongst the best defensive midfielders in the Premier League? Oh, good question, uh, because I think he's somehow underestimated. He started as an offensive player with Bayern Munich, and he had a good way, a great, great career he's had over Southampton and then to Tottenham. So I would see he's up there. He's up there with, with the best, and he, he got that... He got a great, great vision. He's good in his feet, and then he's a tough lad. He must be one of the toughest Danes around. Oh. And I know there is some in Hollywood of them, but they are only acting in oh. slow motion. Oh, wow. He's obsessed with slow motion. There, yeah, is, a, there is a bit of a well, slow motion theme to the yeah. show. Well. Uh, who's more likely to bottle <laughs> their title chances, Shaka? Napoli, Barcelona, or Arsenal? Mm. Arsenal. Ooh. I think that's, I think, yeah. I, think, I imagine that's a general consensus. 
Bottling's a harsh word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. bottling is, is a bit a, mean. Such a negative yeah. connotation. It's the smallest lead as well, isn't yes. it? Yeah, Arsenal's the smallest lead as yes, well. Yes, yeah. So it's yes. easy to pick on them. There you go. Uh, should Leeds fans expect results this soon after new signings? What was it like for the guys when they first moved to a new club? Yeah, yeah and you went to lots of new clubs. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting against relegation, uh, yeah, <laughs> and failing. <laughs> no, yeah. I, uh, the good, the good thing about English football, where I had a lot of clubs, they thought that if they lost five-one and they had six chances, they, the manager felt if we only had a striker, we could win six-five. But I think they should. I think they should be worried, Leeds, because it, I think it's a general consensus. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not I haven't discussed it that Bournemouth and Southampton at the moment are struggling. Yes. But who will be the third club? And if you see Jesse March, as much as we like him, as much as we like his Al Pacino any given Sunday, inch by inch, and let's go for it. He's signing Americans, he's signing his Red Bull players. That makes him also easy to have a go at. Mm. Uh, and Jesse Marsh has to start winning games because he can plan as much as he wants. I, I saw this today, he said something about Jay Milner, we could have brought him in, but we have to build the young kids. Well, you can't build yourself into the championship. Well, I don't think he'd be there if they go to the championship. <laughs> uh, Ali, who has been the best signing for Barcelona this season? Kunde, Lewandowski, or someone else? No, Robert Lewandowski. Focal point in the attack. Goals. Goals, productivity, oh. final touch. Yeah, Robert Lewandowski. Although Kunde is an important player, yep. gives some flexibility in the back line, but if it's down to Lewandowski or Kunde, it's Robert Lewandowski. Final question. Ah, oh, Frank. Mm. This is right up your street, literally. One of my best friends is going to be in Paris for mm. the first time next month. They're Australian. Which French delicacy would you encourage them to try and why? Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting. Well, you know, there is the uh, Boeuf Bourguignon uh, that I think it's uh, absolutely fantastic uh, um, uh, dish meat. I don't know if you say that. You know, it's a, it's a saucy wine, red wine, saucy um, uh, meat uh, and uh, beef that you get. It's absolutely fantastic. You get that with uh, pastas. It's uh, it's great. Uh, it's my favorite dish. Mm. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, burgundy. We call it the burgundy beef, in fact. And uh, they should get for it because it's very very good. It's very French. It's from middle of France. It's where you have the Burgundy wine, Bourgogne. And uh, yeah, I, I would go for it. Beautiful. I would definitely go for it because it's beautiful. Is there something that they should avoid? <laughs> something they should avoid? Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, the frog legs, right. uh, if they're not very well cooked, and uh, it's, uh, it's something you can be scared about, you know. Yes. Uh, but you know, even in uh, in the beautiful, your beautiful, uh, fantastic city where you live, Dan. Yes. Uh, we we found snails yeah. as well. Yeah, and snails we, are we nice. enjoyed the snails. Yeah, the snails and, are fine. Uh, They're just garlic, aren't they? Yeah, if, it, if garlic. They, yeah, exactly. It's, it's mostly the sauce who makes the difference. Otherwise, it's uh, it's disgusting to so eat. So how do you serve frogs like that? But uh, are they still on the frog? It's a. Uh, 
It's still, it's still uh, you know what? If, if we only eat the frog legs, it's because the rest is disgusting. It's right. white. So do you, you use know? that as like a vehicle? And, and, uh, do you hold, you same, do you like hold the main frog and then, and then bite the legs what, off? What are you what doing to the frog? No, it's very, very, very biting the legs off the frog. It's very delicate. No, no, it's very delicate, you know. It's like a little chicken leg, you know, you take like that. And you have the sauce that you have in the snails as well, you know, with the garlic and everything. And you just do it like that. No. Easy. And you, you know, eat the whole thing. Yeah. No, you avoid the, the bone because it's never good to eat the bone. And what about the, what you call it? Yeah, of course. You don't, what about the frogs? You don't have the what skin. The no, no, you don't have the, you don't have the feet, you don't have the foot. Oh. You don't have anything, you just have the <laughs> no, leg. It's, it's more like that. What and it's waste. like a chicken. And then what do you do? It's do you make a soup? Do you make like a soup with the rest of the frog? You really into No, this? no, no, you put it away. It's disgusting. The first guy who tried, tasted for you, experienced it for you, yes. and he decided that the only thing yeah. to eat is the legs. Otherwise, right. <laughs> forget about the Randomly. <laughs> Beautiful. Turtle soup. Really good. Ah, oh, there we are. Yeah. Go to Commander's Palace yeah. in New Orleans. Oh, no, Josh has got a turtle. I, I'm just letting you know, no, turtle no, soup, no, Commander's Palace in New Orleans. You're trying to get a freebie that. in New Orleans, aren't you? There you are. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just, no, that's where I had my uh, honeymoon, you see. Oh, you tried to get a free. Good memories. When you think New Orleans, you think Ali. Absolutely. Commander's Palace. Commander's Palace. There's been a request by a number of people to rewatch the video. Oh, They're shuffling back and shuffling. I'm back in the fish to catch. It's a great start from you. Yeah, well, no, but then he started fading. He faded. He faded rather quickly. Come on, Yan! Come on, Lex! Oh, man. Come on, Lex! Hey, that right knee's not working very well. Come on, right knee! Come with me. No, that's the problem. The calves are too big. The calves are too big. What's the man with the fishing net? Oh, you know it's not good when a, a fish nearly beats hey, you in the race. There was nothing delicate about that. Oh, <laughs> a fish oh, nearly oh, caught me my in my God. race. Where we go. Ah, goodness <laughs> me. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> More fishy takes on tomorrow. Hey! Hey, yeah, be sure to join us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 